But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. I want you to understand it. It's a mystery. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. To these people, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. Mystery, even a mystery, hit from ages through history, generations, but now it's made manifest to his saints, the nation, victory. You're listening to, listening to, now since Mysteries of the Bible has been on the air, uh, our main goal was to establish truth according to God. Welcome, man. We also have a special guest today, Mr. Powers, right? Uh, Mr. Ramos is back to join us. Mr. Ramos, welcome to the show, sir. Uh, thank you for having me, sir. Always, always a pleasure. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so you excited uh, about the show for today? Let me see. What do we what do we have in the stores for the audience, for listening audience today? Actually, this one is an entire show that's based off of a question that came in from a listener, right? Definitely was. I've been anticipating this show right here because I think it's very important. I think it's something that's, you know, basically just basic knowledge, but it, it covers a lot because, you know, people are going to have this question, you know, mm-hmm. our life right here. So definitely excited about it. I was going to say, especially because there's a lot of, a lot of lies that's being pushed regarding the specific question that's being asked. And this is why the reason why the question was asked, because there's lies that's being promoted regarding this. So this is a good topic to cover. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you very much, Mr. Powers, because that's the, um, you know, and just like, you know, how you've done in some of the previous shows and how the show's been set up, just like we learned from the Holy God, and Comfort, the Holy Apostle, and Chief Apri Sazadaki, right? We're going to follow the same format, right? By identifying the lie that's out there according to the Word of God, right? Because this is what mysteries of the Bible, right? So we're supposed to show you the reveal the mystery. So, like a lot of people, especially, you know, so-called Christians, they, they consider Jehovah's Witnesses in particular to be like, you know, that's the Bible based. That's like the end all be all, right? They don't celebrate Christmas. They don't do all that stuff. But now there's a perception that's been floating around. This is where the origin of the question came in from, right? Is, is, is it okay to celebrate a birthday? And the main group that really pushes that and comes with that methodology or that philosophy that it's not okay to celebrate birthdays is or are Jehovah's Witnesses. So, you know, what's great is that they present everything in such a consolidated format and, you know, and, and they pose a question themselves. And Mr. Ramos is crazy because they come up and say, Jehovah's Witnesses do not celebrate birthdays because we believe such celebrations displease God. <laughs> So, yes, that's just crazy. What what is the what's the justification for that? Exactly, and 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 this is why it's so dangerous, right? Because we all know belief is belief is something that's supposed to be fundamental. But what you believe in, and where you're getting the information that you believe in, is is extremely important. And this is what's so wonderful. And this is. Uh, why it's such a pleasure and an honor to be able to participate in this show, all right? Because we have the ability to actually bring the truth according to the Word of God. So um, they further say that although the Bible does not explicitly forbid celebrating birthdays, mm. it, it does help us reason on key features of these events and understand <laughs> God's view of them. Mm. Well, so, and they say, consider of these four aspects or excuse me, consider four of these aspects and related Bible principles. So, okay, 
we will follow their suggestion and we will consider these four aspects and, and related to Bible principles as they've so eloquently so nicely put out there for everyone to look at. Nice, nice little little phrase, right? Just to throw out there, right? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's, it's, it does not it helps it does help us to reason on key features and understand <laughs> God's view of them. So now let's show clearly without a shadow of a doubt that the Jehovah's Witnesses do not understand anything about God's view and show you just how horrible the wrong understanding is. All right, so the first thing that the fir- and, and mm-hmm. anybody else that um anybody else that has that, that concept in their mind that is um they're not the only people you also have people that consider a lot of origins to be paganistic in nature. So um mm-hmm. you have people that have that mindset that think that they can't also celebrate birthdays because somehow the origins of it ties back to paganism, but again, our source is the scripture, so that's what we're going to go by. So it's not only for them, but it's also for everybody else that's thinking in their mind that somehow celebrating birthdays is, is, is paganistic. So right. let's see what the uh, word of right. God has to say. St. James. Yeah, no, thank you very much, Mr. Powers. And, that, and that's actually a perfect segue because that's the, that's the very first point that they have is that birthday celebrations have pagan roots. Okay. Mm. Um, so you know, going into everything, right? Things are used for um, searching for the words here to make sure it's the it's the right words, and also to make sure that we are accurate, right? It's the you know they further say that it goes into the birth or birthday records are essential for casting of horoscopes and on the mystic science of astrology. So. That's the part that we want to look at and say, all right, yes. Now, astrology in particular, you know, is there anything wrong with astrology in general? Now, of course, we understand and it's clear if you're using astrology to try to um, divine witchcraft, <laughs> that's not an appropriate use, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, that's not something that should be done. But just the fact of talking about star- astrology and the tracking of the sun and the moons and the signs and the seasons that they are there to give us, you know, is that something that is ordained by God and is something that was given uh, to the people of God by our Lord, King and Savior, Jesus Christ. So that's the part we want to uh, start with right there. Does that sound good? That sounds like a, a good beginning. And we're going to cover a little bit in the second point, right? Everything that the Gentiles did back in the day was all done to worship <laughs> Satan. Period, uh, right? Gotcha. So, right, right, right. Right. So, right. So, if you want to just case cast like a a, a wide brush and cover it that way, uh, no argument. All right. Yeah. So the Gentiles and what they celebrate and what they do, you know. And actually, since you brought up, let's just let's just go there to start then. And since you know it, it's it's there in their point too, but since it's within the context right now, let's just do that. Just so it's out there. And Mr. Powers, is there anything that you wanted to say? Yeah. Well, again, the scripture that. Mm-hmm. They're so worried about celebrating birthdays, and they think that um, even though they already, even though they already jammed themselves up in their own statement, they said that the scripture doesn't, doesn't speak against it. <laughs> they, they kind of right. set themselves up in that one. Um, but they're trying to say there's no biblical origin to um, celebrating um, birthdays, which we're going to show you now, Mr. Mr. I mean St. James, as you go into it. I would like them to please explain why they have no windows in their churches. I mean, what the hell is that about? <laughs> 
not not Mr. Powers. Remember, this is supposed to be a uh, a, a more engaging show, and we're not attacking anybody. We we just going about the general belief on birthdays and showing I mean, it's not right. You know, you know how, how now, I, you, now I, you're attacking I, their decorating their decorating style. Yeah, so. it's, a, it's a it's a generic question. I mean, it's a, it's a generic question that I'm looking. I mean, I mean, what is going on? You got people in there locked up in in an asylum or something? They can't look out the window. Like, what's going on? I mean, you know, you want to you want to push out. You can't do this. You can't do that. But why the hell you don't have windows in in your churches? I mean, yeah, yeah that, that seems a cultic alone. That's weird. It just don't seem right. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the you know, and that's where the understanding is so important, right? Is right. You're you're supposed to like the Bible is supposed to be your favorite book, right? The Bible, and you're supposed to to genuinely want to be engaged and get the information from the history that's in there, right? It's not locking you in the closet <laughs> and taking any other look or any view outside because that's wickedness. No, it's, this is something, this is a choice that everyone has to make, right? So, um, you know, that's what we're going to go into is uh, 1 Corinthians or, 10. Uh-huh. Go ahead, sir. I'm sorry, I wanted to mention that. Or, or, or removing scriptures to try to fit your agenda. Right. Something that is also something that they do. Uh, you know, or other other so-called religions do as well. Remove certain scriptures just so it could fit their their their, method, their methodology, their ideology of how they teach, which is just complete other madness. All right, yeah, or, or use scriptures uh, with their own interpretation, right, to fit the Thank agenda you. that they're trying Thank to push, right? Exactly. Um, exactly. Uh, but this is just going back to the point in general with that with that wide brush, talking about the the. Uh, going back to the very beginning with the Gentiles, and if they, cause that's where they're focused on about the origins of pagan roots, and just showing that yeah, everything that was done back then and everything that is done now um, that's not done in the truth is all done to worship Satan. It's it's that's undeniable. Why? Because we're going to read it, Mr. Ramos. Please, First First Corinthians chapter ten and verse twenty, sir. But I say that the things which a Gentile sacrifice. Yeah, so the things that the Gentiles sacrifice. So this is what they're using in their uh, religious celebrations. With this, that's what set when a sacrifice was done was typically in a in some form of religious celebration. So is that sacrifice or is that ceremony done to our Lord King and Savior Jesus Christ? Read. They sacrifice to devils and not to God. Yeah, is this that's that short, sweet, right to the point. All right. So yeah, no argument if you want to say that. Everything that was done back then, including birthday celebrations, you know, was done to with some sort of pagan root to worship Satan. All right. Because everything they did back then um, and everything they're still doing, if, if they're not within the truth, it's all done to worship Satan. All right. And then what's our instructions? Read. And I would not that he should have fellowship with devils. Yeah. So if you're a believer in God. If you are if you are a believer in the word of God, if you believe in the Bible, then that's not the same mindset that you have to have. Why is everything that we're done is we 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 have to look at what does the word of God actually say? Is this permissible or is it not permissible? And so now going right back to birthdays, talking about them going into astrology and all that. So now now you're saying and now you're suggesting by that statement that any movement or tracking of the stars and the sun and the moon and the positions and anything that that means, that's all going into satanic uh, rituals. And uh, well, can it be used for that? And is it used for that at times? Absolutely. But 
that's not the original purpose. And our job is to go back according to the word and show what the purpose of them is for. Let's bring it right back now, Mr. Ramos, to Genesis, the first chapter. And we're going to go right for the creation, and we're just going to skip down just for the sake of time to go right to the point um, with the, the lights that were created inside of the firmament in Genesis, the uh, first chapter, and verse 14. Yes, sir. Genesis chapter 1, verse 14. Genesis chapter 1, verse 14. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. Yeah, so that's what the purpose is. Now there's going to be lights in the firmament to divide what day from night. And what are the purpose of these lights for? Reap. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Yeah, you and see? So that's what that's exactly what it's for. For signs, for seasons, and days and years. This is how we track uh, a day. And what's one day, what represents one day is what from the evening to the morning. Right, and that's one day. And as a matter of fact, let's just read that because that's exactly where it says here. Yeah, um, verse eight. That's where it says it right there. Or is it say? Oh no, I'm verse five. I'm sorry. Genesis chapter one, verse five. And God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Yeah, so that's why you get a day, is what the evening and the morning. So then there were actually lights that were put up in the firmament to determine and divide the light from the dark. This is when you know what time you would actually be in. And actually, it tells you right there. Verse 15, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. This is all done through the word of God. Read on. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day. Which is, the, of course, we know is the sun, right? Read. And the lesser light to rule the night. Which is what is the moon. Read on. He made the stars also. Yeah, so there's not just the sun and the moon, but it also includes what the stars. Read on. And God set them in, oh, I'm sorry. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. Right. Read on. And to rule over the day and over the night. So this is the purpose. This is the reason why these were actually created. So you can't just put a wide brush and just say, yeah, because because uh, astrology or the, the stars is based on some type of astrology when you're born and zodiac signs and all that, that that's that's a reason not to celebrate a birthday. I mean, come on, there's a reason why these were all here. All right. Read on. And to rule over the day and over the night. And to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. See, yeah, it was good. It's all made according to his purpose, the purpose of our Lord, King and Savior, Jesus Christ. Read. And the evening. Could I add on to that, um, King James, real quick? Yeah, please do. Um, and you got to remember, just because you see Satan doing certain things and using astrologies and using the elements that God set up, um, you got to remember that that doesn't mean that in the original purpose of it was wrong, but so you gotta remember that Satan is a plagiarist, and a lot right. of things that God set up, he's, he's gonna be a copycat and try to do his own thing. So you, know, you gotta keep that in mind. But again, like you're going through uh, Saint James, you have to go back to what the source is, which is the scriptures, and that has to be your guide. Right. Thank you. Yep. Yes, sir. Not well said, Mr. Powers. All right. Yes, sir, Mr. Uh, Ramos. Verse nineteen, please. In the evening. In the morning with the fourth day. 
You see that right there again. What's the evening and the morning? Just right. That's how we. That's how days are determined, right? It's it's so these these things are all necessary. Now, Mr. Powers, you know, so very beautifully said again. Is it's this is the original purpose and the intent. So, Mr. Ramos, did you see anything in there about um, this is where you're going to track your birth and the use of this because it's there now? You can't celebrate your birthday. Yeah, that's a negative ten four. I didn't see anything about that. I didn't, I didn't see that at all. And, and and just in case there's a question, in case some people may have a question about, well, does this really say that it's for um, man's service? All right, is this for that? Now, it does say, let them be for signs and for seasons, for days and years, to light. And okay, so does that mean that this is what, what we're supposed to use as the people of God has given to us for our service? <laughs> so this is where, you know, so beautifully is why, you know, as we've been taught by the older God, some comfort, old apostle, and chief high priest, Tazadaki, right? It's precept upon precept. So, that means that means that there's another scripture that gives more information or makes one thing clearer that you may have just gone to in a previous scripture, right? So we're going into the uh, apocrypha, which again means hidden book, uh, and there were 14 books that were taken out of the original King James version of the Holy Bible, right? But there absolutely are King James versions of the Bible that still have the original apocrypha inside of it. Number one. And number two, and most importantly, this is the this is the ultimate source, is that we know absolutely this is the unadulterated word of God because our Lord, King, and Savior Jesus Christ validated a high holy day that only appears within the Apocrypha, which is the high holy day of Hanukkah. And so, Lord's will, we'll get a chance to go into that more in some other shows uh, going into, uh, you know, coming up here. Um, so this is, again, it's, it's a... I means hidden book, but this is in Second Ezra, which is in the very beginning of the Apocrypha, Second Ezra, the sixth chapter, and verse thirty-eight. Yes, sir. Second Ezra, chapter six, verse thirty-eight. And I said, "O Lord, Thou speakest from the beginning of the creation, even the first day, and saidest thus: Let heaven and earth be made." And thy word was a perfect work. All right. So now this will just bring you show where we were talking about the same thing. It's talking about what is creation, right? So that's clear. It's about in the beginning of creation. So now we're going to jump now to what the signs and the season and the stars in heaven and what they're used for or right, what they were created for. So now we're going to jump to verse 45 and verse 46, please, sir. Verse 45. Upon the fourth day thou commandest that the sun should shine and the moon give her light and the stars should be in order. You see that they're in the, they're actually, that's what's amazing is, is not, there's nothing that's done by coincidence, right? The stars have an order. And the reason why they have an order is so what is for navigation, uh, for signs, for season, like they all, there, there are, there is righteous significance with everything that the Lord does. Now, like Mr. Powell said earlier, you know, do they use this and do they take it and and um, bastardize it and, and and use it for wickedness? Yes, of course they do. But that does not mean the original intent and the purpose of what the creation was for is negative, because that's what we're going to get right right now. Right. Read. And gave us them a charge to do service unto man that was to be made. None of that is that that was the purpose is what and gave them and gave us them a charge to do service unto man that was to be made. That's the reason why the sun, the moon, and stars are there. That's the reason why they're in order. 
all wow. done according to the word of God. And which is, well, again, so beautiful that we only have that, what, within the church in the Israelite, excuse me, in the truth in the Israelite church of God and Jesus Christ. Mr. Ramos? Yeah, that, that's that right there. That, that, that speaks volumes. It, it might be a... a it might be a small thing to some, but that speaks volume of, of why God put things in place when he created things. Yeah, absolutely, sir. Yeah. And then just go ahead, yeah, Mr. Powers, please. I was going to say, not only that, that also shows you that God is in the order of things mm-hmm. because everything that he created comes, everything that he created consists of order. So he's in the order of things. So when you see stuff in order, you know that that's God behind it. All right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and this sure. and 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 if if you're familiar with um uh with going out in the ocean and all that, like way before they had GPS and all these things, the only way they could navigate was according to the stars. That's all you can see out there. There's no lights, there's no no land, there's no street signs that are out in the water. So it's right. all done for a purpose. And this was all used right. um, you know, by it was all created for again for the service. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir, Mr. Ramos. You was gonna say something? No, no. I mean, I mean, just common sense, right? This is pre-technology, right? This is right. pre-GPS. This is pre-computers. This is pre-programming of, of being able to drive on your own and be on, be on the sea or on the land or in the water or being able to navigate. That navigation was what God implemented and it was in order. So this is incredible, right? That's why I said this is, this is no joke. What are you looking at? Are you looking at technology from the perspective of God. You have you have a navigation system and you have a tracking system. You have a tracking system that you think about you you talking about birthdays here. Now how is somebody mm-hmm. able to track a birthday without without this tracking system being set up by God? Right. All the way from Genesis. And what we're, right. what we're looking at here. God being God being in the order of things. He set up a navigation system, he set up a tracking system, all for the service of man. So this is something that we weren't supposed to do. Why did God set up these things? Yeah, exactly. And then even, I mean, everyone's familiar, right, with the three wise men. All right, what, what were they following? <laughs> <That's all. laughs> Thank you. Exactly. You know, you know what I'm saying? Everyone's well, familiar. Everyone should be familiar with that. All right. So this is, right, the Lord shows what the purpose is. So you can't say astrology is the reason why you don't celebrate birthdays. That's just ridiculous. All right. <laughs> um, so then they further say, all right, Jehovah's Witnesses are not preoccupied with the roots of every custom. Yet when the scriptures give such pointed indications. We do not ignore them. All right. Well, we also do not make something out of the word that does not say, right? It's not of any private interpretation. So we can't say that, yeah, just because they use this for negativity, does that mean that you can't celebrate a birthday? Mm. Well, of course, if, right. if someone, if you know someone is, 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 is a, uh, uh, worships the devil, you know, and, and they're using all this as part of a celebration, Right. You know, for Satan on no, do you participate in that? No, of course not. But I mean, come mm-hmm. on. All right. So now, so I, I think I think the first point, you know, should be all right. We we covered the pagan roots that they do everything according to devils anyway, and the main thing that they're looking at is astrology and zodiac is being forms of divination. Well, that's not what the original intent was for. So you can't just say that that's the case, right? That you know that that same type of argument is absolutely ludicrous that's just that's that's just like saying you know what no you can't nobody can have computers why because in computers and screens you you see pornography so (laughs) they use that for negativity so now nobody can use it (laughs) (laughs) 
it just shows this this once you start going down a path like where does it stop you know so uh it's it's about the original uh intent of why it's created yes sir mr mr Raymond, go ahead. uh saint james mr. Pa- it seems more fake than anything it seems more fake than anything like really like stop it stop the madness and all that you know what i mean like it's like, you know, it's like going into the whole Amish thing and whatever. You're going into, like, these roots that these people have, it just seemed like from a common sense level. Like, like if it's just going to be from a face value, I think our teacher, the Holy God sent comfort, the Holy Apostle and Chief High Priest, as a doc, used to have um, something that he used to say on the show a lot and just something that he taught us a lot. Like, just don't make no empty statements with no substance and no value behind them. Like, you can't even prove what you're saying. Like, you're just saying stuff just to say stuff. And people just fall for this stuff. Same <laughs> James, well, they just. <laughs> it's it's not the thing is it's it's not their fault, right? Because right, they're presented, right? You can't just get the Bible and learn it on your own. Mm. You have to be shown by a teacher, mm. right? And, and they put themselves up. It, it's all for them. It's a show of righteousness mm. because they don't know what righteousness actually is. So they have to manufacture things that say, no, you can't do this and you can't do that um, without any actual knowledge or understanding because they don't have the knowledge right. or the understanding according right. to the word of God. So now they're going to, and you, we're going to show just how tragic it is, mm. um, you know, coming up on uh, this in the next portion about the early Christians not celebrating birthdays. Mm. Um, because that's their second point is that the early Christians did not celebrate birthdays. Right. Mm. Okay. Well, well, what's that? They, they referenced the World Book of Encyclopedia. Um, it says they because they considered the celebration of anyone's birth to be a pagan custom. All right. Well, we covered that already by going through First uh, Corinthians, the tenth chapter, and verse twenty. Right, showing that everything right. that they did was all to what to worship Satan. Period. So now. Again, with a lack of understanding, you can't just apply that to everybody and everything. Mm. Because what they don't understand, and it's one of the things that was so was uh, brought out so beautifully by the Holy Ghost and Comfort, the Holy Apostle, and Chief Rabbi Tazadakia, in the example of the Life of Jesus Christ, Part 3, which can be found on the comfortestream.org. Um, and right, and, and so also, let's also, while we while we mentioned in the comfortestream.org, let's also put a plug in for the emails in case you have any questions. Like this question so beautifully came in at blogtalk at icgjc.org. Please, because you never know. We could take your question and, and it could be an entire show. Mm, All right. Mm, beautiful. So um, as the Holy Ghost and Comfort Holy Apostle and Chief Our Priest Tazadaki being our teacher, how he explained it to us, it let, lets us know that, yeah, you know, they're, they're Absolutely, you know there there are some people that are born that without a, without a promise, but the children of God in particular, the believers in Jesus Christ, those that are chosen by God above everyone else, those people are not created and don't come into the earth not for no reason. It all is done according to a promise, and so. He gave us a beautiful example going through uh, the birth of John the Baptist. I was a great prophet. Um, it was a forerunner to prepare the way for our Lord, King and Savior, Jesus Christ. And go through now when not just the description, but the promise of his birth 
it's not going to be made just by nobody, but by angel of God. Um, and, and as the Holy Ghost and Comfort Holy Apostle and Chief Priest Tazadaki so beautifully taught us uh, on, again, the example of the life of Jesus Christ, part three, of and showed us that now the nation of Israel and the people of God and the children of God, how they are born through a promise. And the first example that we're going to get is actually an example of a great man, mm. right? A great prophet, the prophet of God, the father, John the Baptist, who was the forerunner to prepare the way for our Lord, King and Savior, Jesus Christ, and about how his birth, and we're going to get the description of his birth and how his birth was announced in St. Mm. Luke, the first chapter and the 13th and 14th verse, sir, or excuse me, 13 through 16. Yep, St. Luke chapter 1, verse 13. Go ahead and read that when you're ready, sir. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias. So Zacharias, this is the father of John the Baptist. Now, this is the angel of God coming unto him and appearing unto him with a message. And what did this message say again? Read that again, please. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. So now what is this saying? What is the angel of God saying here, Mr. Ramos? Is letting us know that what? That that a child was promised to be born. Mm -hmm. And this promise did not come from nobody. This promise came from an angel of God. This his birth was ordained by Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So now you mean to tell me that a birth that's ordained by God is not supposed to be celebrated? Well, very good point. Yes, sir, Mr. Powers. You want to bring say something else on that? No, the scripture is amazing. It's right on point. And then the question you posed is a very good point. I would like for them to answer that one. Yeah, thank you, sir. And what's even so beautiful is that it gets more descriptive. Let's read verse 14, sir. Verse 14. And thou shalt have joy and gladness. No, hold up. No, wait. What does that say? Read that part again. And thou shalt have joy and gladness. Now, joy and gladness. Does that sound like a celebration or a party, Mr. Ramos? I believe that sounds like a lot of partying right there. That sounds like some happiness going on. And just in case... They think and they want to try and say that, well, yeah, that's something for the parents to to uh, uh, to celebrate on their own and should be left aside and not involve everybody. Read the next part of the verse, please, Mr. Ramos. And many shall rejoice at his birth. <laughs> <laughs> so this is not a singular event. It says, what is and thou shalt have joy and gladness and many shall rejoice at his birth. So now. The people of God, the children of God, this is how we are born. We are born by promises. And we're born through a covenant and a promise. So now anytime a child of God is born, this is a great event, as we learn from the Holy Ghost and Comfort of the Holy Apostle and Chief Priest Tazadakia. It's a great event that takes place here on the planet Earth. Because why? This is all according to what? It's according to the will of God. And how dare you? How dare you try to make the will of God insignificant by saying a child of God's birth should not be celebrated? That's a shame. 
So yeah, that's why I pause for a second. So you can marinate and just 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 take that in. Oh yeah. And deal with it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you gotta deal with that. You gotta deal with that right there. That's that's something right there. Bear, bear him a son. Yeah, that's that's a bear is a cinnamon synonym for burp alone by itself. <laughs> yeah, that, and, and that's correct. And now they might well say, well, of course that's John the Baptist. Okay. So now mm, mm, mm. so now you now you're trying to now you're trying to say, okay, yeah, yes. What was significant and what was unique about that? Um, because it didn't happen very often, but it that's not the only time that it happened. But what his birth was announced and promised by an angel mm. that came to the parents. That's mm. one thing. Mm. But just like we went back to the origins, well, where does this promise come from then? So this is where now we have to get. And now we now we come in with some real understanding of how the children of God are born through a covenant, you know, or a promise. And because this goes all the way back to our forefather Abraham, right? Right. And how his seed, the seed of our forefather Abraham, should be what as the stars of heaven. So what this means ultimately yeah yes sir no it is a hundred percent because what this means ultimately right is that every time that a child of god is born this is the fulfillment of god's promise and this also goes Mm. into why it is so important and why you absolutely cannot do anything to try to prevent a pregnancy Mm, because you're preventing Mm. you're preventing the will of god be done of what great or how great this this right here was an example of what john the baptist how great of a man was he what type of legacy did he have how amazing is it now how do you know what come what what's what's their place in your womb by our lord king and savior jesus christ what type of child that's going to be and how dare you say that life is insignificant right so Man, something hey, to think about. That's something to think about. People, audience, something to think about right there. That's 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 serious. Yeah, so all this ultimately shows is what is it? We have to celebrate our births. Not that you should not know. No, it, you have to celebrate the births. Why? It goes back even to something as basic as was it, it, the Lord tells us the what in everything we're supposed to give thanks and rejoice. <laughs> so now it's about, about the will of God being fulfilled on earth. And then the day that the Lord chose for you to be born, that that day is insignificant? Oh, absolutely not. No way. No, sir. Yeah, no. Okay, now, if you're not a children, if you're not a child of God, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, well, I would agree. Your birth is not that significant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, so let's let's go to show that though, right? Let let's let, let's show where that promise comes from and and the origin itself, and show that you know the statement that I made. What made someone some some of you may have taken that kind of harshly, but let's just go according to the word and let's show that that's not my feelings, it's not my thoughts, right? This is something that's coming directly from the word of God, and forced to the understanding that we've been taught by. Uh, the Holy God sent comfort, Holy Apostle, and Chief High Priest Tazakia in classes like, you know, Truth About the Tribes or the Faith, the Faith of God and your faith. So, Mr. Ramos, if you indulge me for a minute, please, we're going to jump now from here to Romans ninth chapter and just start going through a little bit of the promise that was made to our forefather Abraham, just so it's clear and that 
and we don't skip anything. And it would be absolutely clear as to where this came from and why it's so important. And how you absolutely cannot try to say a child's birth or, or the birth of a child of God is, is insignificant in any way, shape, or form. No problem. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so we're going to be in Romans, the ninth chapter, and you're going to read verse uh, four through seven, sir. Yes, sir. Romans chapter nine, verse four. Who are Israelites? To whom pertaineth the adoption mm -hmm. and, and the glory mm -hmm. and the covenants? Yes, sir. And the giving of the law. Yes, sir. And the service of God and the promises. So now all of these things pertain to what? To the children of God. It says what? To the Israelites. So now, does it say Jehovah's Witnesses there, Mr. Ramos? Uh, definitely not. Baptists, Methodists, Episcopalians, Buddhists, Unitarians. <laughs> yeah, nah. I'm, uh, my, my, I wear glasses, but they're not that far. I'm pretty sure I don't say any of that. No, definitely. Yeah, so all of these things, what is pertaining to what belong to and the promises. So now... Now, this is the focus we get into what the promise is. Now, what promise is it that we're talking about? Verse 5, please, sir. Whose are the fathers, and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came. Right, read on. Who is over all. God bless forever. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Read. Not as though the word of God have taken none effect, for they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. So now this, this is all now going into why it's not just about somebody's birth, right? It's not just about who your parents are. It's now about the choices that you make and what you do. Um, because just by being born into a nation, just by being born um, part of the people who are the, ch the children of God, that does not mean that you are going to make it. No, there are certain things that you have to do, right? You have to make choices for yourself to do the right thing. You have to make choices for yourself to listen, to take heed, to submit yourself to the word and will of God. Read on. Neither, because they are the seed of Abraham, are they all children. Mm -hmm. But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. All right, so now, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. So now this all goes going back to why is talking about Abraham and Isaac. So now this all goes back now to the promise themselves. Um, Actually, let's just read verse 8 because it says it right there. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. Yeah, so letting you know right there, just like I mentioned, right? There, there are children who are born um, because of the lust of the flesh. And because it's a family show, I'm not going to get more descriptive, more descriptive than that, but that's when two people become one uh, for no other reason than to satisfy themselves, right? Without... Um, everything that goes along with it. And that's probably the best way I can say that right there. Uh, all right, read on. But the children of the promise are counted for the seed. Yeah, but now what is what the children of the promise are counted for the seed? So now what promise is this speaking about? And where does this go back to? This goes again all the way back. Like we said in verse 7, neither because they are of the seed of Abraham are they all called. Are they all children? But in Isaac shall that seed be called. All right, because remember, you know, Abraham, we know that he had more than one son, right? He had Ishmael and he had Isaac. So how did that unfold and what promises is speaking about? Let's go from there now to Genesis, the 
17th chapter. I'll come back to Romans briefly. Right? Is Genesis chapter 17 and verses 1 through 8, please. Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. Mm-hmm. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Now you see, now this is well. Lord King and Savior Jesus Christ, speaking in the message to our forefather Abraham. Read. And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. Read on. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee. So remember when we said that, again, as was so beautifully brought up, brought out by the Holy God's uncomfortable apostle in Jeremiah, how the nation of Israel is born according to a covenant and a promise. This is that covenant that we're speaking about. Read on. And thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. Yeah, for a father of many nations have I made thee. Read on. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful. And I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. All according to what? According to, remember, what does this go back to? This is a promise that our Lord, King, and Savior, Jesus Christ, is making to our forefather, Abraham. So now every child of God that is born, it fulfills this promise. Read on. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee, and their generations, for an everlasting covenant. See that this this is not a this is not a one time. It's whatever lasting covenant. What does that mean? This covenant this cannot be broken. This is going to continue forever into perpetuity. Read to be a god unto thee, and to thy seed after thee. Yes, sir. More, Mister Powers, you going to say something on that? And I will give unto thee, and to thy seed after thee, the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan. For an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And so the point was really stopped in verse 7, though, as covenant to be, uh, excuse me, an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. So now, um, we just showed you in Romans, this is why we can go back to Romans chapter 9 and verse 7, just to let you know, because Abraham had Ishmael. And Isaac. And for the sake of time, we're not going to go through all the particulars, but just want to say crystal clear without a shadow of doubt where that promise went to. Went down to Abraham, then down to Isaac. Skipped by and passed by um, Ishmael. So Romans chapter 9 and uh, verse 7, please, sir, again. Verse 7 Neither, because they are the seed of Abraham, are they all children. But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. All right, so it all went down. Just shows you the lineage of where the promise passed down to. So it went down to Abraham, Isaac, and then passed down to Jacob. So again, we can go through some of that in more detail in some further on classes. Or if you have any questions, please send your questions um, about, you know, how was it passed down from Isaac to Jacob? You know, what happened to Esau for you Bible historians? You know, who, oh, what happened? How did that all transpire? You know, please uh, ask us a question about that, and we'll be more than happy to get back to you 
Well, again, it may be a show. Again, blogtalk at icgjc.org. All right, so now, Mr. Ramos, what do you think? I think that pretty much satisfies the promise, right? So it's talking about so the, that they consider anyone's birth to be a pagan custom. So I think that crystal clear shows that what the, the, the children are born through a promise and a covenant that was made to our forefather Abraham. So that argument in this same point two is completely invalidated. Is that correct? I, I agree. Definitely. Definitely. It's absolute is what it is. Thank you, sir. All right. So now they're, they're point, uh, point three. The only commemoration that Christians are required to keep involves not a birth, but a death and that of a Jesus. And do you know what they say as the validation and the proof of that? And they say Luke chapter 22, verse 17 through 20. So we're going to read that and just show you the difference, right? You see, everything that we say and everything that, that comes out on this show, no matter who's teaching, no matter who's going through it, you see, we speak according to what the word says. We don't just drastically change the word to fit our own opinion or to fit the narrative that we're trying to say. That is that is blasphemous. You cannot do that. You cannot take the word of God and just use it any kind of way that you want to. So we're just going to show just how ridiculous that statement actually is. And, and St. James, uh -huh. and maybe you could do this uh, for me and maybe some of the other members of the listening audience right now. Can you go through again what it is, what it is that you said about why we're going to this point three and make, make us understand because it Sounds complicated to some of us that may not even understand what they're even trying to say. I mean, that's the point. Yes, thank you. So it is complicated. And they, they try to say that the, they basically are trying to say that the only thing that you should celebrate or uh, commemorate, which is um, memorialized essentially, is dealing with not a birth, but a death. Basically, our Lord, King, and Savior Jesus Christ, his crucifixion that that's the only commemoration that Christians are required to keep. Um, but so first of all, then they're saying that now that invalidates all of the high holy days that the Lord set up, which are memorials and that <laughs> we are required to commemorate. So that's just the, that's the first point, but they, they, they're trying to justify that entire statement with uh, Luke chapter 22, verse 17 through 20. So, okay. Okay. so yeah, now, Mm-hmm. I think St. James, I think they've been crept in them buildings without, too many, without windows for too long. <laughs> <laughs> is, there a, is, there, is there maybe a lack of oxygen in these uh, environments? Wow. That, is that what's going on? Because it was, re it was very tough to take that in right there. Like, and then you said yeah, it was tough. You said a death, and then you, they used the word Jesus and only a Jesus. And I was like, wait a second, wait, what? Like, that's tough. Where, where are these it's, people hanging out? <laughs> um, and, and that was the point of me making that statement. I mean, like, you, uh, you got to be just completely ludicrous and out of your mind to even come up with a, uh, a statement like that and try to validate that in the scriptures. And, and you have no, there's no scripture to validate none of your points whatsoever. And you even said it yourself that, that the Bible does not even condemn the celebration against birthdays. But yeah, you're coming over, you're coming up with a reason why you shouldn't be doing certain things. Right. It's, it's, again, it's how they're trying to use the word. And this is why it's so deceitful and why it's so wicked is they're trying to use exactly. the word for their own narrative. And that's where we got to go back to. It's, it's exactly. complete wickedness. 
right? Because they're trying to say, and this is their logic. There's no scripture that validates this. It's saying by the end of his life on earth, Jesus made a good name with God, making the day of his death more important than the day of his birth. Now, how in the hell can you make that statement? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. I would have ran. You know, be... you know, St. James, check this out. He said, yo, <laughs> I love what Jesus Christ said, to this end was I born. Right. But now, how do you explain that? He's exactly. telling you the reason why he was born <laughs> and why you got to celebrate the reason why he was born was to get to that point. So that completely invalidates that statement right there. Right. And then we even, and like you already went through during the the Christmas specials, right? Um, We definitely have been getting a a good amount of attention. So, you know, please, you know, share them amongst your friends and family. So you can continue to get more understanding according to the word of God and all these uh, celebrations on holy days. But on the Christmas special, when you're going through our Lord, King and Savior, Jesus Christ, now you went through so beautifully, Right, as we learn from the Holy Ghost and Comfort, Holy Apostle and Chief High Priest Tazadakia, that there's a specific time that it says that Jesus Christ was born, like when he was 12 years old in uh, Luke, the second chapter, and how he went through that. So it's like, even our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are tracking his birth. Like, how do they know when he was 12 years old if they didn't know when his birthday was? Uh, and that goes into more understanding. Uh huh. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I would say uh, maybe he was about to bring this out, and you could probably give more details, but even among the children of Israel, that you know, they, they, your birth was tracked because there's a particular birthday that's above all your other birthdays. So even amongst the celebration of your birth, because it came to a promise, there's one particular birthday that stands out in your life above every other birthday. And God pointed that out in the book of Luke to show you how important, not only because um, he was becoming a man, along with Jesus Christ, not only because his birthday fell on the Passover, also, that actual birthday was very significant because it represented something when he turned 12 years old. So it shows you that they were tracking it, they were celebrating, they were observing it, and they was leading up to that particular point because it was a big event in his life, in every right. Israelite's life, when he reached the age of 12. So, of course, they were tracking it. Right, and, and you're speaking well, about the, uh, the child of the commandment or the son or the daughter of the commandment. And the ceremony is there where everyone uh, comes in and celebrates and then commemorates the passing of a child or daughter of God um, into uh, adulthood, at least spiritually, where their mind is now able to start making decisions and reason and understand the word of God and apply it themselves, where they themselves now are responsible for keeping and upholding the word of God and following all the rules and regulations. Right. Yeah, and they call that today what? St. James? Is it a, a bar mitzvah or in the, a, in the world? Yeah, a bar mitzvah or a uh, what's the what's the what's the female version? I think I think is you have a a, a a bar mitzvah. You have bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah. Yeah, bar mitzvah. Yeah, thank you, sir. Bar mitzvah, or bar mitzvah. Yeah, yes, that's. But again, that's what you may associate. <clears throat> Excuse me, right there. Something stuck in my throat. Uh, we may associate in the world, um, you know, that's not the same celebration. I'm just that's just that's the name of the celebration, so you understand it today. But please don't think about any right. bar mitzvah that you may have seen or bar mitzvah that you may have seen previously, and that this is the same type of ceremony. No, the only thing 
uh, that is similar is that there's food and there's drinks and there's a party and dancing. That's it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's I'm telling you, sir. So, but basically, I didn't want to I didn't want to give it the credence of, of it, but because we're going to identify just how ridiculous it is. All right, we're just going to read that, please, Mister uh, Mister Ramos. We're just going to read it and show everyone. All right, I want you to try to tell me why this means this is the only commemoration that Christians are required to keep. I want you to get this and read it, and then please tell me how you get that interpretation. Um, this is Luke the seventh. Excuse me, Luke the twenty-second chapter, verse seventeen through twenty. Before you read that, before you read that, um, um. Mr. Ramos, St. James, I just wanted to add on to this. It's, so um, we're, we're, we're going into this, uh, St. James is going into this like we do in other topics when we address certain lives. And we don't, we don't really give a damn what it is that they teach to us. We know that we have the truth. But what we're trying to show you is that the lies that our people are caught up in, um, they're showing you that they've been deceived by Satan. And that the only way you're going to be able to get out of that deception is by being shown the truth which is our job. And this is why we're out here doing what we do and showing everybody that the ones that have the truth is the ones that's teaching the truth, which is us coming on the behalf of the Israelite Church of God and Jesus Christ. This is why we do this. Yeah, thank you so much, Mr. Powers, too, because yeah, that's very important. I don't know. In no way, shape, or form do we want to even make it seem like we are in, <laughs> in any way validating what they're talking about. Now, this is purely for educational standpoint to show you how ridiculous it is. Read that, please, Mr. Ramos. Luke chapter 22, verse 17 through 20. And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. This is our Lord, King, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Going through part of the Passover. Uh, celebration and uh, the preparation for the Passover meal and what he gave to his disciples. And so this is what they're talking about. All right, read on. And he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise, also the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new Testament in my blood which is shed for you. So where do you get in any part of that, that this is the only commemoration that, G that Christians are required to keep? I'm a, deer, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a deer in headlights, right? I'm a deer <laughs> in headlights right now looking for, there's no, there's nothing that would point me to that. No, that 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 is that is, that just shows you um, how wicked it is to just take the word of God and try to use it to fit your own narrative, right? Is that this is my body in verse nineteen? This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. This do in remembrance of me is when you're supposed to do it. This happens once a year as part of the Passover ceremony. Part of the ritual rites of the Passover. One time a year this happens. And you're going to try to say, have the audacity to say that this means the only commemorations that Christians are required to keep? Well, then why did Jesus Christ himself celebrate all the high holy days? Right. 
Why was he in the temple on the Sabbath day reading? Right. <laughs> right. Well, you, you mean to tell me that now you don't got to celebrate the Sabbath? The Sabbath is not a commemoration. It's not a celebration. Hmm. This is just complete <laughs> ridiculousness. <laughs> this is very disrespectful. And and I'm not even going to go into the other scriptures they're trying to talk about, about the the day of death being better than birth, because it just, again, it's a private interpretation. You know, all, all that means is that once you, once you, when you, when you start something, after you go through it, when you go through it, it can be painful, but at the very end of it, the end is better. Why? Because you already been through it. Now you're moving on and something else is, is, is going to be, that does not mean that now you don't celebrate somebody's birthday. Come on, are you stupid? <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, St. James. <laughs> There's also there's also scripture that says it's better to be a live dog than right. a dead lion. Now right. you explain that one. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, it it all goes back to the they don't un, it all goes back to no understanding on the purpose for Jesus Christ's birth, no understanding on the reason for his sacrifice, and no understanding of the word of God at all even have the audacity to say something that God has promised now you don't celebrate yeah. so I, I, we, we go well, ahead Mr. Ramos uh, yes sir I, I, I just think that you know there's another opportunity that just goes to show you like you said beyond that it just goes to show you what happens when you don't have the teacher like you said St. James mm -hmm. you don't have the right you don't have the right person showing you the correct information, understanding, giving you the right knowledge that you're supposed to have from God, like the Israelite Church of God and Jesus Christ and the Holy God sent comfort, the Holy Apostle and Chief High Priest Tazadakia, um, Dr. Jermaine Grant, the original teacher. I mean, uh, just just think about it. Like, um, you really just get lost in this stuff. Right? It's just hard to, it's just hard to swallow this stuff when you have you already, you know, we have the we have the benefit of having the right teacher, and then you just feel so bad. You feel sad. You kind of feel you're saddened by this because our people really they're caught up in a lot of this madness that's among the Gentiles, like you said, among these other nations, and they just, you know, they just believe in this, but it's out of ignorance, like you said, and it's a shame. So it I is. thank God that you know. And, and you know what? That's that's a, that's a perfect segue to Mr. Ramos because you know what their last point is. I'm about, I'm about that that lack of understanding causes you to make statements that are dumb and ridiculous <laughs> and not able to be validated. Because mm -hmm. they, they, anytime you say the Bible doesn't say something, you better know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. It says their fourth and final point is the Bible never refers to a servant of God celebrating a birthday. And then it goes further. This is not an oversight. For it does record two birthday celebrations by those not serving God. However, both of those events are presented in a bad light. Speaking about uh, the Pharaoh when he was poisoned. All right. So <laughs> Joseph and, and Mark uh, with Herod um, and, and the, uh, the death of John the Baptist as, as a result. So, I mean, I mean come on. I, the point the point is what what do you see from all those is that they were celebrating birthdays they were acknowledging birthdays 
Now, of course, again, like we said earlier, the negative things happen, the wicked people do negative things on those days. Sure, yes. But it didn't condemn the celebration of it, number one. Now, this point here is what we have to address in particular. The Bible never refers to a servant of God celebrating a birthday. So now, Mr. Ramos, is Abraham, would you consider him to be a servant? <laughs> I, I would have to say, yeah, he's a servant of God. Yes. Yes. Well, it, you know, what's so, what's so great is, again, just like we've been taught by the Holy God, and Comfort, Holy Apostle, and Chief Priest Sazdaki, it's not based on our feelings. It's not based on our thoughts. It's okay. all based on what, according okay. to the word. Okay. Let's, just, let's, let's see, according to the word, is Abraham a servant? Now, mm, okay. Exodus 32 and verse 13. Okay. Exodus 32, verse 13. I got it. I'll read that, please, sir. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servants. Thy what? Thy servants. Okay, maybe that was a misprint and the oversight. Let's go to Deuteronomy, <laughs> the ninth chapter, and verse 27. Maybe it was like that mistranslation of the Lord's name that you call him Jehovah. That maybe that was something like that. So let's go to Deuteronomy the ninth chapter. Remember thy servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Wow. Now, <laughs> now, what type of servants were they? Let's go back to the apocrypha, Mr. Ramos. Okay. And let's get Second Maccabees chapter one verse two, and let's see if there's even a description of what type of servants not only were they servants but what type of servants were they wow. Wow. second maccabees chapter one and verse two please sir god be gracious unto you and remember his covenant that he made with abraham isaac and jacob his faithful servants look at that faithful servants Oof. Oof. I was almost what, nervous i was almost nervous man i got that wrong <laughs> <laughs> And what do you say? God be gracious unto you and remember his covenant. What is covenant? The promise. Oh. It was a promise that was made about for the seed to continue and for the nation of Israel, the children of God, right? For them to be as the stars of heaven. That's the oh. promise and the covenant that he made with our forefather, Abraham, right. Isaac, right. and Jacob. And look right. at that. Right. Now they're faithful servants. So now, We've established that. Now we only have to show that is there a time period where our forefather Abraham celebrated a birth? Because mm. now if he celebrated somebody's birthday, then we know he's a faithful servant of our Lord, King, and Savior, Jesus Christ. That would have to mean that what? That that statement is completely and totally asinine. And I was trying to hold my words and make sure I said, yeah. <laughs> did not major clean it up. It's ridiculous. It would be it's uh, woefully incorrect would be something. That's, that's even better. Yes, woefully <laughs> incorrect. Mm -hmm. So, Saint James, you 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 address the lies that um, you know, you can't base it off of just you know the elements that God set up because He set it up for a purpose. Then you show us that celebrating a birthday is, is based off of a promise. Then you also showed us that um. They was tracking even the birthday of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So now you're trying to tell me that you're going to give me a direct scripture that shows you that one of the servants of God actually kept the birthday? Let's find out. Yes, that's a great question, Mr. Powers, but let's find out. Because we know we like to build up. 
Can't wait. Oh, this is, oh yeah. You know, just like we just like we've been taught, we've got to save the best for the last. And this is the way they set it up. Mm. I, this is not my program, right? This this is just addressing right. their questions. <laughs> and they set them up so beautifully. <laughs> they thought that last and final point was like the nail on the coffin. And we we're gonna say, yeah, that's exactly what's gonna nail themselves right in there, seal the door shut and tell them don't even <laughs> speak about the word of God. <laughs> Let's get it, sir. This is Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 through 8, please. Verse 1. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. Now look at that. What is that? More promises being fulfilled by our Lord, King and Savior, Jesus Christ. Read on. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. And so while we know that the word of God and our Lord, King and Savior, Jesus Christ, that he is faithful, we can totally trust in what he has promised for us. Read. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And see again, what according to what? According to a promise. And this alone was miraculous. The scriptures refer to Sarah's womb as being dead. She was way past the time period when she would normally have been able to be pregnant. This is, this is a miraculous event that was done through the promise of God. And how dare you say that that's insignificant and should not be celebrated and recognized? Read on. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. Isaac, right? Read on. And Abraham circumcised his son, Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commanded him. Like we already established, Abraham is what? A faithful servant. He's going to follow the laws and commandments of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Read. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. Yeah, read. And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh so that all that hear will laugh with me. And she said, who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given children suck? Right, because this is they were they were up. She was up in age, well past the time period that she would have normally been able to have have children. Read, but I have borne him a son in his old age, and even Abraham himself was getting up there. Read, and the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. So now, okay, so um, maybe you missed it. Do you see it? You get it? And let's mm. read verse eight again, sir. Mm, mm. Verse 8, and the child grew and was weaned. Speaking about Isaac, it said, and he was, and he was what? And he was weaned. Read. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. Now, how are you going to make a great feast on the very same day that a child is weaned? That means that there would have to be a set time period that that weaning was to take place in so that the planning and everything like that could be taking place. You know, you don't just have a party and a great feast with no planning and preparation. Right. So right. now, is there a time period that the scriptures speak about for when a child should be weaned? That means they're no longer taking only the milk of the mother. They're no longer taking the milk of the mother and they are completely subsiding on regular food. Right. So let's go back now with the Apocrypha, and we're going to be in the book of 2 Maccabees. And let's just get right to the point, because I, I see it's already getting a little bit late. And if you do have time, it's going to have to be in the class. I'm going to tell you that this, this, this history here in 2 Maccabees chapter 7 is amazing. The dedication and the level of faith that this mother and her uh, beautiful seven sons 
had where they were being forced. They were, they were, they were trying to be forced by the wicked rulers during that time, by Antiochus Epiphanes, to eat swine's flesh. And they stood up so stiffly for the word of God, they would not do it. They would not break the commandment of our Lord, King and Savior, Jesus Christ. They were tortured. They were tortured to death and still would not even eat pork. So you want to talk about the level of dedication that the Lord is looking for? This is a wonderful example of the type of dedication the Lord and King and Savior Jesus Christ is um, expects, rather. But you know, for the sake of time, we're going to get right to the point. This is Second Maccabees chapter seven and verse twenty-seven, sir. Verse twenty-seven. Mm -hmm. But she, bowing herself toward him, laughing the cruel tyrant to scorn. Yeah, this is about. This is speaking of Antiochus Epiphanes. Read. Spake in her country language, on this manner. And she spoke in the native Hebrew tongue. Read. Oh, my son, have pity upon me that bear thee nine months in my womb. So you see, and, yeah, so she knows what she's talking about. There are nine months in her womb. That's the time period for a baby to be born. Read. And gave thee suck three years. Wait, wait, it's a, and what? And gave thee what? And gave thee suck three years. So now, what is that referring to? Gave thee suck mm. three years is speaking about what? about feeding the baby, the child, the milk. With what is he right. what is he sucking on? Is on the mother's natural food supply. Or the natural food mm. supply that comes from the mother's breast. So now says what? And what was the time period there, Mr. Ramos? Gave three suck three years. Yeah, for three years. So now what was the time period that a child was to be weaned off of the breast milk or the natural nourishment that comes from mother when he's three years old. Now let's go back to Genesis, the 21st chapter, and let's just replace it with the understanding that we already got from second Maccabees. And now let's see just how clear it is. Second Genesis, the 21st chapter, uh, verse eight, please. And the child grew and was weaned. And the child grew and was weaned. Read. And Abraham made a great feast the same day. That the very Isaac same day that Isaac was what? Read. That Isaac was weaned. That Isaac was three years old. So what was this great feast? This was Isaac's birthday. Now, our that forefather Abraham. <laughs> you see that? This is about our father. Uh, the, the Abraham, a faithful servant, had a blowout, a party, a great feast. And on, you know, the word of God doesn't just mention, like, it calls it, it was a great feast when he was three years old. Yes, sir, Mr. Powers, That's I'm sorry. Crystal clear right there. Mm -hmm. That's crystal clear. You can't get out of that one. You so, know, you're going to have to get out of them buildings with them windows, man. <laughs> it, I mean, so, so please, and more importantly, everyone that is listening to this show, and if you have been studying with the so-called Jehovah's Witnesses, you know, if you want to ask them why they don't have windows or what did they actually witness, you know, any of those little questions just to have a little bit of fun, you know, go ahead, you know, while, while you're still talking to them. But you need to run out of there and come to the Israelite Church of God and Jesus Christ, where we're not going to lead you astray. We're not going to tell you right. something that the Word of God doesn't command, right? They, they're... Right. 
is very clear. The Lord is very clear on what he expects and the standard of righteousness. But you also don't be righteous over much. And you definitely don't do something that's actually against the doctrine of God. Because you celebrate, you saying that you cannot celebrate a birthday, that is against the doctrine. You are speaking against the promise that was given to our forefather Abraham. How dare you? So these places, you? yes, sir. These places are going to do nothing but lead you astray. This is why it's our job, as Mr. Powers immediately brought out, and Mr. Ramos earlier as well. You know what? This is why it's our job on the mysteries of the Bible to bring you back the truth, the word of God taught as we have been taught by the Holy God and Comfort Holy Apostle and Chief High Priest Tazadakia and bring you back the very same message and the very same understanding that our Lord, King, and Savior, Jesus Christ, taught when he walked earth, because that is our job as the defenders of the faith. And I'm pretty sure, St. James, no one has ever heard this unless they knew, unless they come from the Israelite Church of God and Jesus Christ. Again, we, we, we define... The, we define the, the, the name of the show as it was given to us by the Holy God and Comfort um, Mysteries of the Bible. So again, another mystery coming out of the scriptures revealed to the public. Again, you will never hear this unless you're coming from the Israelite Church of God and Jesus Christ because this information is secrets and mysteries that was given to us by Christ, given to the Holy God and Comfort, revealed to us, to reveal to the whole world that we are the ones coming out of the Israelite Church of God and Jesus Christ that have been with Jesus, the true Jesus. And that's the only way you're going to know by us showing you the truth and demolishing and decimating the lies that's out there. That's very well said, sir. That's a fit into the show. Praise God Almighty. All right, so uh, thanks again for watching. This has been another electrifying segment of Mysteries of the Bible where the truth is told. Good night. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. I want you to understand it. It's a mystery. We speak the wisdom of God in the mystery. That means people. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Mystery, even a mystery, hit from ages through history, generations, but now it's made manifest to his saints, the nation, victory. You're listening to, listening to Mysteries Now, since Mysteries of the Bible has been on the air, uh, our main goal was to establish truth according to God.